The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Kevin Backhurst, the Director General of RTE, is with me here in studio. Kevin, you're very welcome. Uh, to, to news talk, enemy territory maybe some might describe it uh, yeah, for you in, in your new role. <laughs> um, listen, we do appreciate you taking the time, what is a, a very busy time given the news cycle we are engulfed in uh, and uh, uh, by way of illustration on the TV screen in the corner of the room here of the studio, Oroctus TV streaming as it is in households up and down the country. I said I got a text from my wife this morning when I never expected to get in my entire life. Uh, can you make sure before you leave the house that we have the sky box set to record or Octus TV today because I want to watch it a little bit later. Uh, and that is the level of interest there is in, in what Ryan Turbley had to say today and what his agent Noel Kelly had to say today. And, and Ryan started by detailing uh, what he describes as the seven material untruths that have been circulating about him and about this uh, debacle over the last almost three weeks now. In a general sense, what is your reaction to that opening statement from Ryan Torberty? Yeah, I mean, I should start by saying um, that I haven't been able to follow this uh, uh, all day consistently. I've read read accounts of it because I've been actually meeting staff all day in RTE and this is the first time I've got out of, out of RTE today. So I've um, been trying to catch up with it. Um, in terms of the uh, seven points that Ryan made, um, I know my colleagues are looking through those and we'll respond to those when we're in committee uh, on Thursday. Um, he is quite clear, though, that this is a mess entirely of RTE's making uh, and of the making of RTE management. Would you agree with him on that? Um, look, I'd agree. RTE needs to bear a lot of responsibility for this. Uh, I've said it before, you know, what I've seen of this um you know, some people in RTE behave shamefully and, um, you know, it's caused untold damage in the short and medium term to RTE. Um, you know, whether RTE was fully to blame, I'm not sure I fully accept that. Um, there, was, there was more than one party to this agreement. So are you talking about Ryan Toberty there or Noel Kelly or both? Well, I mean, you know, Ryan doesn't negotiate his own deals. So Noel Kelly? Yeah. Noel Kelly deserves some of the responsibility for how this has played out over the last week and for the nature of that deal as well, does he? Well, uh, from what I've seen of it, um, you know, so far, and I've only been in the job two days and I've obviously been across some of it, um, you know, the negotiations involved RTE and Noel Kelly. Now, Noel Kelly is quite insistent today that he did nothing wrong. He negotiated a contract in good faith to get the best deal for his client and that when it came to invoices, he was acting on it. He's quite clear. He has said this multiple times today. I think Catherine Murphy, the Social Democrat TD, described it as the Nuremberg defence. I was acting on instruction from RTE senior executives to invoice a barter account, to invoice for consultancy fees and to not name any names in that invoice. Does that stand up to scrutiny? Look, as I say, I've not watched it minute by minute, and I don't want to get into a um, slagging match with Noel Kelly. You know, he does his job and he does it effectively. Um, you know, I, I all I would say is my experience of agents in general is they don't wholly act on behalf of, uh, in response to instructions from the broadcaster, that's not their job. But will you investigate those claims? Yeah, that, of course. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. Look, uh, uh, you know, what I should say is, you know, there is a whole team within RTE trying to get to the bottom of 
of this, and it means going back through reams of emails, mm. um, all sorts of paperwork. Um, you know, we, the team have been working very hard trying to put as much out as they can. Um, you know, I, I would have liked us to put out more, uh, more information more quickly, to be brutally honest. But, you know, as things come up, and, and I said yesterday, I think more things would come out, we need to properly look at them, investigate them, and answer them if there are questions for RT. And I've made it really clear to everyone involved if we find anything else, we need to put it in the public domain. And RT needs to be, even when we're not in committees and when work continues in the summer mm. to bottom out this, we need to be putting more information as it comes up. Uh, but, I mean, Noel Kelly, again, is quite insistent that, you know, he, he simply invoiced as instructed from RTE. If it turns out he did receive those instructions, some are like this members, committee members today, TDs and senators, giving him a hard time suggesting he should have asked questions as to why he had to invoice this account in the UK, this famous barter account, uh, and why it was down as consultancy fees, why no names were named. I mean, is that really Noel Kelly's job? Yes. To, to ask those questions? I think those are good questions asked of him. Yes. I mean, I'd want to know why I was asked to do that. I wouldn't just do it if I was asked to do it, if I thought it wasn't exactly what I was being paid for. But his job as you agreed, is simply to represent his client and get the best deal for him. I mean... His job's it, to represent his client, get the best deal and protect the reputation of his client. And you think that he failed on that third test in terms of protecting the reputation of his client by not asking those questions? Well, I think events speak for themselves. Ryan Tuberty, for what it's worth suggests that he is guilty of wrongdoing only in one sense, that when the figures for his salary were published in 2020, that he didn't question the figures that were put into the public domain at the time. And he accepts responsibility for that. He should have asked questions. Now, he also says that had RTE uh, uh, management come to him or Noel Kelly, they could have kind of clarified those figures in advance. But however, he accepts responsibility for that. He accepts responsibility for nothing else. If it is the job of Noel Kelly to also ask questions. Is it not, by extension, the job of Ryan Tuberty to ask questions about some of these deals and the nature of them? Are we are we letting Ryan off the hook by suggesting, Asher, look, he, he's mm-hmm. the money just appears in his account and it's not Ryan's job to ask where it comes from? Yeah, look, I would expect anyone to have a natural curiosity about these things and, you know, particularly when it involves large sums of money. Um, you know, the one thing I would say about Ryan and from what I've read about what he said today is, you know, I don't like seeing um, any individuals put into this kind of position with a reputation they've built up over many years, um, you know, being questioned and under threat. And, you know, I, I do know Ryan from my previous time here uh, and I had some some very good dealings with him. Um, he's a very bright guy. We had a lot of shared interests, American history and things like that. And, uh, you know, I, I always enjoy my interactions with him and I always thought he's a very talented broadcaster. So, you know, I have to accept what Ryan says. And I, you know, I, I feel, I actually feel sorry for Ryan that he's been put in this position, to be brutally honest. Has RTE a duty of care to Ryan Tuberty at the moment? Has anyone reached out to him from the organisation? Yeah, look, I think we do have a duty of care to him. I've not spoken to him. Um, uh, I'm not aware if anyone else has spoken to him from RTE. I haven't been asking, but, you know, I know he's, you know, he is very... Should you not ask if you care so much about him? Yeah, I will do it at the right time. It's quite difficult at the moment, as you can imagine, with this uh, going on. And, and also, you know, I need to say, I mean, I, as you know, I started the job two days ago. Um, you know, in many ways, I've asked um, the acting uh, Deputy Director General Adrian Lynch to deal with um, past events to get to the bottom of it. You know, we've clearly agreed we should put everything out in the public domain. You know, my job actually is to try and 
you know, rebuild trust in RTE, make sure these kind of things never happen again, make sure the audiences, politicians and staff can mm. trust the senior management again and rebuild trust. And so, you know, I, I, I've almost deliberately not got drawn into a sort of ball by ball commentary or, you know, looking at individual details of this. I know the essential problem, it should never have happened. And, you know, what I've got to put in place is the governance and the people to make sure it doesn't happen again. Will you or do you suspect you'll be speaking to Right Hubbardy before the end of this week? I don't know. I'll have to see how events play out. Um, uh, I suspect I will speak to him soon. Um, I need to see how how today goes, mm. um, you know, how, how my diary looks. You know, I would like to talk to him quite soon. He, he and I appreciate, as you said, you've been very busy today. You haven't been able to watch every moment mm. of this, but... Uh, Ryan did suggest that a couple of times he said he might be out of a job by Friday at one mm. point and he said it's touch and go whether he'll still be working for RTE or, or whether his company will still be contracted mm. or whether he'll be contracted by RTE after the weekend. Uh, is he right? Well, he's he's wrong about this week. He won't be out of a job by the end of this week. Um, I think we, this, is a, this is a big decision for me and for RTE um, and it needs to be properly considered. Um and look, we might need a little bit of time. I don't want it to be too long because it's not fair to Ryan and it's not fair to RTE. Um, but I want to talk to staff. I want to talk to my manager, to my leadership, new leadership team. Um, this is a serious decision for RTE and I want to be fair and I want to make the right decision. I want to make the right decision for audiences and for RTE. So when do you expect that decision to be made? When will we know whether Ryan Toberty is going to be back at nine o'clock in the morning on RTE Radio 1? I suspect it it will be in the matter of a matter of a few weeks, probably. Before the end of the month? Uh, well, well, middle of the month, um, hopefully. OK. Hopefully by the end of the month, mm. we will know whether he's going to be back on air or not. Um, Ryan Tuberty as well today suggests that he did take a, a 20% pay cut. And again, I know mm. you say you don't want to get involved in the nitty gritty, but I just think this is important to people. Um uh, Because he's quite insistent that the, the Renault money, if we'll describe it that way, that that is, should not be included and considered part of his pay. It was a completely separate deal. It was a deal that happened to be negotiated kind of uh, chronologically in tandem with his, his new contract, but it was a separate deal between him and Renault. That, that I mean, I, I, I am, have not called for Ryan's head on a plate and I, I'm still not calling for Ryan's head on a plate. I mean, send not for whom the bell tolls and all of that. But that's stretching, stretching credulity a little bit, isn't it? Look, my view of it would be if the money was negotiated through RTE and paid for by, by RTE, it should be counted as pay, as part of an overall payment by RTE and therefore should have been properly accounted for and representing the figures and it should be seen as part of his pay package. So he didn't take, as he says today, he didn't take a 20% pay well, cut. Well, I don't know when he's talking about 20%. Is 20% over a few years, over 10 years? I mean, it's over the five-year term of his contract, yeah. but he, he, he discounts the... the Oh, the the seventy five mm. grand per annum over three years from mm. uh, from from Renault. I'm not sure where the logic is of that. The the issue for RTE is this money was paid by RTE and should have been declared as part of the the pay to Ryan, and that's correct in my view. So I'm not sure how you can come from the other side and say it can't be. Yeah, so it, it, this wasn't a separate deal. It was it was all mm. part and parcel, wasn't it, of the same deal? Effectively, it was like, listen, Ryan, the contract's going to be a bit less, but we, we, we'll secure this deal. Well, with I have Renault. no idea what the thinking was on it, and I don't begin to understand what the thinking was either in the deal being done, RTE underwriting it, or the arrangement between RTE and 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 Mr. Kelly. Who might know in RTE what the thinking was? Because up until mm. today, uh, the suggestion um, from uh, mm. senior management in RTE was very much that D Forbes, the 
former director general, your predecessor, was the only person who could answer that question. Mm. For what it's worth, Noel Kelly and Ryan Tuberty say, not just D Forbes, plenty of people, senior management mm. level, everybody who needed to know mm. knew the details of this. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, as, as I say, I, I'm not sure. We, you know, we're looking at what they said today and we're investigating to see on what's that, what, what is that based on. Um, you know, is it still your position mm-hmm. that D Forbes is the person, the only person who can answer these questions? Well, it would be extremely helpful to hear from D mm-hmm. because I think it would shine a lot of light on who knew what and who was involved. Um, and it would be extremely helpful to hear from Breeder again, Breeder O'Keefe, the former CFO, because, um, you know, clearly that was one email that Mr. Kelly produced mm-hmm. today. So it would be very useful for me and for other uh, people at RTE to hear their version of events, to be brutally honest. Do, do you think, though, that... Do you still think, is it still your position? Because I understand it was certainly up until today that mm. this was a deal done between Noel Kelly on behalf of Ryan Tuberty, Renault and D Forbes, full stop. Or was there more involved than D Forbes on the RTE side? Look, from what I've seen along the way, there were various people, this went on for a long time, there were various people aware of parts of the discussion. It's still, from what the evidence I've seen, and look, at, new evidence may come out, and I just want to say that, that I'm only basing this on the evidence that I've seen and I haven't been uh, delving into it in the last few days because I've been doing other things. But on the evidence I've seen, um, I don't know who beyond D actually knew all the parts of the deal and how it was going to be presented in the accounts. So you mentioned kind of investigations and questions that continue to be asked. To what degree do you feel that external investigations will tie your hands in terms of reform? You know, some of these will, will make concrete recommendations to government as to the future shape mm-hmm. of RTE. Mm. Very hard for Kevin Backhurst to kind of an, announce a vision if in six months' time Catherine Martin gets a report in her desk that, that presents a contrary vision. No, you're very right. And I, I, by the way, I don't, I don't at all uh, blame the, the various investigations for tying my hands. I think, you know, it is inevitable when something like this happens, there needs to be an investigation. And actually... In many ways, I think those will be useful because they'll inform any more actions than the ones I'm already taking about what we need to do to make sure this doesn't happen again, that governance is better, that transparency is um, better in RTE. So I welcome all the investigations and I welcome the forensic accounting coming in and I think we can work with them. And some of these questions, um, hopefully there'll be more light shone on them when the investigations are happening by the investigators. And, you know, I would welcome that as well because... Uh, you know, there's a lot to go through. Does it tie my hands? Um, look, there is a lot on... When I applied for the job, I had a vision for RTE. I was working on a strategy for RTE over the summer um, during my gardening leave with some of the execs here. Um, I feel we have quite an exciting strategy. Um, however, there's only a certain amount that are, of headspace um, in the organisation and part of the strategy depending on depended on trying to get a resolution on public funding so we could at least kick it off because there's a price tag attached to some of the, mm. the strategies. So, you know, all these things will have to be sequenced. I want to kick on with some of the strategy and some of the changes, um, but clearly it's a, it's a priority for me and for the team to work really closely with the government inquiries and with the forensic accountant to provide them with all the information we can. Do you expect to be facing a funding crisis? kind of feels like it's perennial, actually, a funding crisis in RT. Do you expect it to be worse? There's a lot of talk mm. of people refusing to maybe pay the TV licence fee. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a concern to me. I mean, I have to say the the provisional figures I've had so far, the, the latest figures, monthly figures, 
would show that people are still paying their license fee. And I'm really grateful for that because, you know, hopefully the audiences will recognise they get, you know, they get high quality public service content from RTE, <clears throat> including news and current affairs and investigations like last night and, you know, sport like we had at the weekend. And that is all funded by people paying their licence fee. Is it a concern? Yes, I've heard people say they're not going to pay their licence fee. I would ask them to reconsider. I'd ask them to pay it and give give me and give the organisation the benefit of the doubt that we are trying to sort this out and we will sort this out and we will, will re rebuild trust. Um, you know, we have had contact with some of the commercial agencies and some of our commercial partners as well. And, uh, you know, that I had, the, 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 that was positive news for me from that, which is, you know, I've, I've been told by a few people now that they see working with RTE as, you know, business will continue as usual. RTE is a valuable platform for their advertising and sponsorship. So, you know, and we will be meeting them in, in the next couple of weeks to reassure them on the actions we're taking organisationally. On advertising and sponsorship, I mean, some have suggested <laughs> it's 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 kind of oxymoronic that you've got a public service broadcaster with this big, you know, commercial element to it. How do you, you get that balance right? Yeah, look, there is a tension there when you're dual funded like that. Um, you know, but I think you need to ask what all the alternatives are. The alternatives are you only have licence fee at the current level and therefore you cut funding by 50% and therefore you cut what RT does by 50%. I don't think there's a consensus that that we want that, that Ireland, that Ireland wants that or, or that the the Arctus want that. Um, you know, so, you know, if you have dual funding um, and also there's there's no consensus, you could, uh, the alternative is you double the licence fee to carry on doing what you're doing and I think there's absolutely no consensus that that would be uh, a good idea. So, you know, I think it's here. I think what we have to deal with is uh, much more transparency around what we do commercially, um, you know, what we, uh, and, you know, News Talk and other organisations have to do the same thing to sell airtime and to uh, build relationships with clients. So, you know, but we have to be transparent about that and put mm. the right processes around it and make sure that we're explaining why we're spending that money in those areas. Do you think there's been a level of hysteria about some of the spending? You know, say four thousand mm. euro, for example, for membership of a of of a club in London. Now, uh, you know that's stuck in the craw of a lot of people. Mm. But I've heard others suggest, you know, four thousand money in the grand scheme of things, four thousand euro is, is very very little. And and given the UK is a market um, for RT, I think was it five to seven percent possibly um, revenue comes from that market. That it's it's probably good value for money. Do you think has there been a level of hysteria? Look, I think these figures always look stark and ridiculous when they're just exposed um, in isolation. But some of them are ridiculous. Well, some of them are ridiculous. Like flip-flops. Flip -flops. Yeah, I knew you were going to mention flip-flops. Yeah, I mean, it does look ridiculous. That's why I say you need a process and you need this to be properly accounted for. And there needs to be, a, in my view, a commercial expenses account, which is properly overseen and published because it nothing focuses the mind like having to publish information and I think that's what we should be doing. Uh, what, in terms of future funding then, what, what is your preference for what shape that should take? You know, yeah. television licence, increased television licence, mm. household charge, direct exchequer funding? I look, my first preference is that we have a resolution on public funding that we know what we're dealing with. Um, I think it would be much more efficient personally if there was um, something which was, as I would call it, device neutral. It's not based on using a TV necessarily because a lot of people are not using TVs anymore. Um, so whether that's a sort of household licence fee, um, you know, and I have seen, by the way, um, 
general taxation used in a number. I did some work at Ofcom about mm. public funding, and it's used in a number of, Euro, of European countries that has the advantage of being progressive. So I think there's a number of possibilities. Now, I, I think there's not much enthusiasm in government for the taxation-based one. Um, I think the most practical one, given where we are, is probably something based on, on households that's not based on devices. Will you continue, because we're almost out of time, so there's a couple of quick questions I wanted to ask you. Will you, will RTE continue to deal with agents um, when it comes to people working in in broadcast, news and current affairs? The likes of Fair City, I think people, exa- like, mm. uh, for example, mm. I know you even cited that yourself. Yeah. You know, it makes sense that people working in that type of industry mm. would have agents. Does it make sense that Ryan Toberley, Claire Byrne, Joe Duffy, for example, have agents? I think this is a one area I want to look at really closely. Um I'm not sure it does make sense. Should there be a pay cap? I don't think that's the right way to go. I want to keep downward pressure on presenter pay. I don't think it, I think a pay cap, a pay cap is is blunt. Um, but I think publishing presenter pay and executive pay every year in the annual report mm. in real time, bringing transparency to it and know you've got to account for it, focuses minds. What do you say then to some of those members of staff you have a meeting today particularly members of, of the NUJ, NUJ the National Union of Journalists who do want a pay cap specifically civil service rates so Secretary General uh, kind of grade one or is it grade three I can't remember which order they, they do the count up or count down anyway it's 250,000 euro a year still an awful lot of money mm. they also say maybe make them employees yeah. you know if some of these presenters are working if they're working five days a week they're effectively an employee. And yeah. this nonsense of, of them being contractors when they're there for their entire careers, I mean, there's a word for that. It's bogus self-employment, isn't it? Well, I'm not sure I characterise it as bogus self-employment. I think there's an argument for some of them to be on staff. I do think that. Um, so, you know, these are all things we need to consider. You know, I want to tidy this up and for it to be as as tidy, fair and transparent as possible. Um, so you consider making some of them staff? I think we should consider that, yeah, if it's appropriate. Absolutely, yeah. And... A pay cap of €250,000, you wouldn't agree with that? I don't think we should have a pay cap. I mean, I know, I've heard calls for a pay cap. I don't think at the moment that's the right way to go. If they were on staff, there'd be an effective pay cap, though, wouldn't there? Correct. Kevin Backhurst, Director General of RTE. Kevin, thanks a million for joining us. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy. With Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.